Well, they get tacos, so they get tacos. Hey, Bubba. All right. Um, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would be with us today. God, help us to, uh, to be open and, and uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Lord, willing to follow his leading today, to do all that he desires to do. And even though, Lord, we're stuff in our face today, we know that you're helping us. And uh, we love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. We're so grateful for all that you've done for us and all that you're doing in the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen. Amen. Joe, I think we probably only need one more table. I'm thinking. <laughs> I think. I think. You can just lean it against the back wall, though, if you want. That way, if we maybe, maybe might need it. Does your back hurt? Does it hurt because I'm being rough on you? No, it hurts because it's pretty... Praise the Lord. All right, here's, here's, this is going to be our a topic again, of course. We're going to talk about, yeah, we'll be here in a second. Um, oh, yeah, bless the food, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Bless the food in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for it. Amen. All right, well, you know, we've been talking on the subject of supernatural increase or, you know, what, what God's word has to say about finances. And I don't know about y'all, but I really feel like the Lord has been helping us out big time. And uh, some, you know, I think some are getting, you know, a greater revelation. And um, I know, I know sometimes it's tough to, uh, when you're, especially if there are things that are being corrected in your life. I know when the Lord was correcting things in me, it seemed like the preacher was reading my mail and, and messing with me, you know, like who told him, you know, what I was saying, you know, did y'all talk to pastor about what I said? And honestly, you know, we're, we're, I'm just trying to be led by the spirit. And I really feel like the Holy Spirit has for real just led us and guided us and, and has been helping us. Um, the reason why I feel like that we're on this, and if you guys got to, to, to watch prayer this morning or join me in prayer uh, sometime today, the reason why I got on this is because I really feel like the enemy has been attacking. Um, I, I, know, I know lots of people are, are struggling uh, financially, not just Christians, but people, everybody. But I really feel like the enemy is trying to attack God's people's faith and trying to get them out of uh, where the Lord really wants them to be in their faith and in their believing uh, when it comes to finance. So um, that's, a, that's the main reason why uh, I feel like that the Lord has us on this, because I, I do. It's just crazy. It's, it's nuts the way things are right now. But you know what? We're in this world. We're not of this world. Um, and uh, we are... Those who don't, uh, we don't rely upon or trust in princes, but we trust in the living God. And so those of you that have had questions or things that you, you know, I, and I'll be honest with you, I, uh, I'm not afraid if you, we had a lady up in here on singles night. She was like, she was, she was crazy. Anyway, she was like, I believe in reincarnation. I'm like, that's demonic. And she's like, how dare you? I'm like, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> But we went back and forth a little bit. It was it ended up being it ended up being pretty good. We went too long, but um, I'm not afraid to uh, confront or I shouldn't say confront. I'm not afraid to uh, yeah confront if you want to say that a difficult difficult things. Not that I'll confront you, but 
I'm not afraid to, to address things that are tough to address. Uh, I think we can do it and do it in love, with joy, and uh, with the Word of God. So uh, there are different pizzas here. It looks like on the side is written what's in there. What's this one say on the? Nothing. It says just says Tyler. <laughs> that one's a pizza of the gods. This is a big, big something. That's a supreme. That's a, a big country. Pepperoni. What's the last one? Huh? Supreme. So there's two Supremes, a pepperoni, a pepperoni sausage, and yeah, I'll take one of those. Um, and yeah, so dig in if you're hungry. If you're not, that's okay. There is, there are drinks in the, uh, in the kitchen. So if you'd like to get something to drink, you can just one. Absolutely. And there's some mushrooms and mozzarella sticks, too, if you guys would like some of those. Then I'm going to have one of these. <clears throat> Thank you, baby. Yes, I'm sure they will. The babies haven't gotten to it yet. Okay, well, hey. Hey, hey, hey. I offered to stay, but he told me to go. Come on, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you. <laughs> so as we get prepared here and we're eating our pizza anyone have anything that they would like to um, share or discuss oh we didn't get none for the youth sorry I'm, I forgot y'all I figured y'all was doing tacos so sorry guys 
Okay, yeah. Sorry, guys. There's really not enough for them? Oh, no, there's plenty. No, no, hey, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Come on. Come back. You guys can have a piece. You guys can have a slice. I was messing with it. They're like, let's get out of here. Uh, limit, limit yourself to a slice if you can. That way everyone will be able to have something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, I will. All right, so uh, Brother Tom has a prayer request for his friends in Shawnee. Uh, they're battling right now with sickness, so let's let's believe the Lord for uh, let's believe the Lord for supernatural health and wholeness. Did y'all grab a piece? Did youth? Did you guys grab a piece? Did you get a slice? Did y'all get a slice? Did you get it? Okay. Everybody got a slice? You got one? All right. Well, grab one. You might want to. Not to three of them, just one. Melody, are you? Do you want some pizza? Okay.
after they got there, it got to be So I went to go All right, does anyone have any questions, anything they, um, about what we've talked about concerning supernatural increase uh, up to this point? Anything that you maybe, um, and maybe you just have something you want to share that you discovered. I know sometimes I get calls and messages from people saying, Pastor, is this, uh, is what I'm thinking right in, in this way? Or I was thinking this, and I'm just wondering if that lines up with Scripture. or. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Nikki. Mm. Are your mic back there? You got the mic. So, I don't know. I'm just going to ask it. How do I ask this? Okay, so, what about, I don't even know how this works. Okay, so what about, like, maybe seeds you've sown in the past that maybe you maybe you just might have had some wrong thinking about, but w how does the, har I mean, would you still reap the harvest on that? I mean, how does that, I don't even know if what I'm saying is making sense. So I think what Nikki's asking is this, what if you find that you sowed a seed in the past and when you sowed that seed in the past, you're thinking, wasn't right about sowing and reaping or supernatural increase, what happens with that seed? <clears throat> Great question. You know, God, God ex only expects us to walk in the light that we have. So um, when we're walking in the light that we have, God honors us according to the measure of revelation or understanding that we have. Now, a Luke uh, Luke 6.38 says, um, um, give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom with the same measure that you meet with all that shall be measured unto you again. So how many of y'all have ever heard that verse of scripture what, talk, when people talk about finance? All of us. So it's a common verse of scripture that people use to communicate the message of sowing and reaping. When you give, it's given back. A good measure, press down, shake it the other room. Now, most of the time, when you're in the, I had a guy that was, uh, he was the pastor, uh, uh, the pastor of the church we were at, his son-in-law, um, his name was Jordy, and he was, uh, a, he's from somewhere in uh, South, South America, and um, I can't remember exactly where. Jordy, forgive me if you're listening to this. And, but anyway, <clears throat> um, he hadn't been coming to the revival meetings. We were in this revival. We ended up being in that revival for seven months. And in seven months, he had only come two or three times. He's the pastor's son-in-law. He's someone who's uh, an important part of the you know, inner workings of the church, um, lo loves the Lord, all these things. But um, <clears throat> anyway, in the middle of the revival, he had only been a handful of times. And this, this man came who is a minister, his name was Brom. Not Brahms, Braun. That's okay. <clears throat> Braun came from a Brazil. He's a Brazilian and he came into town specifically for the revival. Well, when Braun came to town, Jordy came to 
pastor's house after church one night when we were having dinner to see Braun. And uh, so Braun just asked him point blank. He's like, Georgie, why weren't you at church? And he's like, oh, I was busy today. He goes, bro, they've been having this revival many, many days. And Pastor, Pastor Jim told me you haven't been to but a handful of meetings. Do you have something against Brother Ziggy? I think, I think he has a right to know why you don't come to these meetings. He said, he said, right, Brother Ziggy? I said, you know, I have been curious as to why, you know, the pastor's son-in-law and daughter aren't coming to the services. And he said, well, he said, well, he said, you're kind of making me uncomfortable, but he said, you know, I mean, if you're putting me on the spot, he said, I'll be honest with you. I'm uncomfortable with the message of finance that Brother Ziggy's been preaching. And... Um, now, I want you to hear all this because I think that we all have fallen into some of these categories, and, and some of us, we can, we can really define where we're at if we hear this. But he said, I have a problem with some of the things Brother Ziggy's saying about finance. He goes, so Braun says, um, so you're, what you're saying is, is what, he's saying, what he is saying is unscriptural. And he says, well, no, he says, it's not necessarily that it's unscriptural. He said, I just don't think that the way that he's communicating it is healthy for the church. And, um, and so I said, well, um, I said, explain to me, Jordy, what do you mean? What's unhealthy about it? He said, well, it seems to me that you're, you're, what you're talking about, you're talking about people, you're calling supernatural increase what I call charity. And what you're saying is, is that when someone is receiving charity, that that's prosperity. He said, to me, there's a difference between charity and prosperity. And he said, and I don't want to be receiving charity and calling it prosperity when what I'm really doing is I'm accepting a handout just like some a panhandler on the street or someone that's, you know, in lack that, that people are just giving money to him. He said, to me, that's not, that's not God's best. That's not what God has for us. And he said, and so we got all these people going around, you know, to me, he said, seems like they're all looking for a handout. And I was like, well, uh, Jordy, I said, that's definitely, you know, I, I can definitely understand where you're coming from, but that's not what I'm preaching. He said, yeah, but that's what I'm seeing. I said, well, just because you're seeing it, that doesn't, I mean, that just because people will take that position. Listen, I'm going to tell y'all something. There will always be people that will hear the word of God from a carnal perspective and try to use God's word to manipulate people to do something for them. It's always been when Peter and John went to the gate beautiful. There, was, there, were, there were people there asking alms and there was a lame man. He wasn't asking for help concerning healing. He's wanted money. Now, you know what? He might have needed money. But where was he at to get money? The church. So people have always known that if, you're, if you are trying to follow the Lord, that you are charitable. But see, that's the difference between charity and prosperity. Charity is when <clears throat> a, you're giving to someone and they're receiving. And, and you're giving to someone because a need exists. Right. Because they're lacking. Prosperity is, and that's why it's important that we don't just give to need. 
Because prosperity comes when we're obedient to do what God tells us to do, regardless of what it is that we're seeing in the natural, regardless of what the need is, we're just being obedient to the Lord. I'm, I'm going to tell you something else that happened to me this week. I felt like the Lord, you know, Brother, Brother Don and Sister Lynn sowed some uh, stock toward um, uh, the ministry. And, um, and at the time, when Don sowed the, the stock, he really was hoping that the ministry would, you know, keep that stock or whatever. But anyway, the way it turned out, they had to sell the stock. And well, I'm telling you, they sold it high too. It was nice. And, um, and they, instead, they had to sow the money. They couldn't really give the stock. But Brother Don said, I think you ought to get in on, you know, some shares of Tesla. So I did. And I, I bought, <laughs> I bought uh, 40 shares of Tesla to, to match, you know, what he had uh, had given to the ministry, I thought, man, I'm going to jump in with 40 shares myself. And so I did that. Well, I've been hanging on to that stock and I hadn't had it for very long. What, maybe a year, maybe yeah, less than a year, a couple years. So I haven't had it very long, but about three weeks ago, I just, I just was like, there was something in me that said, sell that stock. Well, you know what? The stock wasn't doing that great. And I'm like, eh, you know, and immediately you go into the natural and you start thinking, yeah, Lord, but what if it, what if it goes up? And, you know, why are you, why are you telling me to get out? Is it going to tank? You know, why are you, you know, you go through all these things and you know, here's the, here's the deal with God. You know, God is not, uh, God is not a stockbroker. And God, when he tells you to do something, whether it's in the stock market, whether it's in your job, whether it's in the offering, no matter what it is, you you, we don't really understand why he's asking us to do it and how he's asking us to do it, all these things. We just have to trust that when he's telling us to do something, if we'll obey him, that it will be good with him. And so um, I got to church this past Sunday, this Sunday, and I was like, man, I'm sitting in my office and I just know I got to sell that stock. So I got on the computer here at church and... Um, pulled up my, my uh, portfolio and sold off that Tesla stock. And um, in my mind, I thought, why would I sell this stock after they announced that General Motors and Ford and Chrysler are going to now work with Tesla to use their same charging system and their stock now is starting to climb? You know, you, you, you start thinking these things. Now, you know, stock was doing better this week than it had done in previous weeks, but see what the natural man, what your flesh wants you to do is your flesh wants to try to get you to analyze it and try to try to figure all this out. And you know what? I got it. I still got my tab open of how different stocks are doing. And I still had my Tesla tab open and monitoring it. And sure enough, it ain't going down. It's still creeping a little, just a little bit. It's creeping, it's creeping, it's creeping. But <clears throat> you know, within your mind, you start to think, well, Lord, did I really hear you? I mean, this, this stock is climbing. You know what, God ain't going, when we obey the Lord, it has nothing. God's not like, I'm telling you to get out because now it's going to be the best for you. Or I'm telling you to get out because this is about to, you know, it's about to, no, I'm telling you to get out because I'm telling you to get out. And he might be telling you to get out because he has something. It's like, he, remember I told you all the story of Elijah when he was getting the uh, quarter pounder in the morning, quarter pounder in the evening by the raven, and he was drinking from the brook. 
Listen, that raven was dropping that food supernaturally. That brook was flowing supernaturally. They were in a drought. You know, when, when people convey that story, they say, well, God had to start figuring out how to supply for him different because uh, everything ran out. Listen, God sent manna in a desert. He brought water out of a rock. Elijah could have stayed right there for the entirety of that famine. But God got him up out of there, not because... Uh, the market was going to tank. God took him out of there because God had a plan for a woman in Zarephath and he intended on using Elijah to get that done. And so we just have to follow the leading of the spirit. So Jordy, you know, he was looking at it from a carnal perspective. He's looking at it like, well, all these people now, they're like, oh, money cometh, money cometh, and they all want to get this money. I was like, well, Jordy, I said, you have to think about it like this. You know, when you're, when you're kids, my, uh, Gabe, where, Gabe's around here somewhere, isn't he? Uh, he was. He's probably messing with the youth. But anyway, um, one time we went to the movies, and uh, we were at Quail Springs, and Gabe went, we went by the cinnamon roll shop, and he looked at that cinnamon roll shop, and he was like, we had just eaten. And he's like, Dad, I really want a cinnamon roll. I'm like, boy, you just ate. You ain't have no cinnamon roll. But dad, I really want a cinnamon roll. And you know, he's crying all the way to the theater. We get to the theater, he's like, can I have popcorn? You know, I mean, that's just the way, you know, kids are. It's the way kids are. You know, I tried to, there were times I tried to talk to him. I just wanted to talk to him. And he's like, he couldn't talk. He, he wouldn't pay attention. Because he was just a kid, he would not pay attention. I, no matter how I tried to engage him in conversation, he didn't want to have a talk. All he wanted was popcorn and cinnamon. All I was to him was a meal ticket. I was the fun. I was, I was the creator of his fun. So we're up in that theater, and I'm, I, I went ahead and got him popcorn. But then we come out of the theater, and, and um, my dad called me. And I, I was shocked my dad was at the mall. And he's like, hey, where are you? I said, I'm at the mall. He's like, which mall? Quail Springs. I'm here. I'm gonna, where are you at? And I'm at the theater. I'm on my way. So I tell Gabe, hey, Papa's here. He's coming. And he sees, you know, Grandpa rolling up. Man, he, Papa, he runs and hugs him. What's the first thing he says to Papa? I really want a cinnamon roll. And Papa's like, you want a cinnamon? Let's go get a cinnamon. Hey, we're going to come back. I'm going to go. No, he doesn't need me. We're going to come back. <laughs> Off he goes. He comes back and he's, you know, up to his elbows in cinnamon roll juice. And uh, it all made me mad. But, you know, it, that, that made me think about something. You know, when you're a kid or when you're immature, you respond differently to certain things. But, listen, we, don't, we let kids mature. We don't rebuke them and keep things from them and smack them. We try to teach them. Grandparents, they spoil them. Parents, we got to try to teach them. Now, listen, I told my boy no. But, you know, did I, did I slap the cinnamon roll out of his face, you know, whenever they, he rolled up? No, I slapped the, the cinnamon roll out of his face, you know. It's like, well, you know, it's one of those deals. Grandpa came through in the clutch, got him what he wanted. He didn't really need it, but, you know, uh, the Lord sent him. <laughs> so I told Jordy, I said, Jordy, how are you going to grow if you don't, if you can't develop, you know, maturity? How are you going to, I said, so... People have to be allowed to go through that process of that, that scripture. Give, and I know, 
They don't listen to you when you try to. That when you give, they got to go through the process that when they give, that scripture, uh, it says, give it a shot, be given and you good measure, press down. When you're immature, all you think about, I'm, I've given and it's coming to me, glory, good measure, press down. Men are giving into my glory, money coming to me, hallelujah, supernatural increase is headed my way, I'm heading out the tail, I'm above and up, glory to God. I'm, I'm living large, I'm in charge, I'm not busted and disgusted, amen. But, I, you know, we, we, we go through all that because we're, we haven't yet understood that we're blessed to be a blessing. We're not blessed to get a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. But you go through the process. And, and here's the thing. God will bless you when you're immature because you're walking in the light that you have. And, and it's just like you going, I'm a cinnamon roll. Lord's like, man, you don't need no cinnamon roll. But Lord, I really want one. And you know what? God loves us. He gave Israel a king when, they did, when he didn't want him to have a king. So God will do stuff that he don't necessarily want to do. But if you pester him enough, he'll do it. And some of it could be detrimental to you. But most, most of the time, especially when it comes to supernatural increase or something like that, most of the time it's not going to mess with you too bad. But uh, so we got to think of it this way. Whatever light you're walking in, try not, try not to discourage me. Encourage people to believe God for supernatural increase. But don't, don't be so... Um, heavy on people when maybe they don't have quite right thinking or whatever, because here's, that's where the grace of God works. And that's where the mercy of God kicks in. And God is trying to get, God is trying to get it across to people. Try, he's trying to work with us to get us over there where we mature and we can walk in the fullness of his blessing in a way that is more in line with scripture and more in line with the word of God than what, what than what maybe we start out as. And so when I told Jordy that, I was like, you know, people have to have an opportunity to grow. You're letting your kids grow. You're letting them mature. I mean, believe me, I know they're running around church like a bunch of spoiled brats, and I don't see you doing nothing about it. Um, you know that's not, I mean, I didn't say that to it, but I'm thinking it. It's like, I know you're letting your kids grow up. And just because, listen, just because you, someone don't get the backside of pastor's hand doesn't mean that their behavior is okay. Y'all know the, di listen, y'all ought to know the difference. And so, you know, so, you know what happens to some of us too? I'm going to say this too, is that some of us, we've had people that come to this church and boy, they have, they go to every one of y'all and try to manipulate y'all out of something. Man, my bills ain't paid. Can you pay a bill for me? Oh, I don't have no gas in my car. Boy, I wish I had some gas in my car. And they'll make their, they'll make their rounds to everybody in this church. And they're drawn to people that they feel like that they can get something out of them. Now, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't slap it down real quick because we're giving people an opportunity to learn the word of God. But I, just because we don't slap it down real quick, that doesn't mean that, oh, pastor must be okay with it. No, it's not that I'm okay with it. I'm letting it ride. There will come a day I'll slap it down. And I have, I mean, y'all have seen it. I've had to, I've had to send y'all out messages and say, hey, listen, this person don't take their calls no more. They're just trying to get, they're trying to get something out of you. Just, we're, we've, we've, we're tried to, we try to lead them in the right direction. Well, I'm spitting my food out. Uh, trying, we try to lead them in the right direction. And, um, and, um, you know, we, we, 
we don't, we don't, I don't want anyone to be taken advantage of. But see, that's the, that's the complexity. When you have a, a church and you got a bunch of people that get over there and we want to be, uh, we, we want to be generous and we want to uh, be a blessing. You know, sometimes enabling bad behavior isn't being a blessing. Enabling poor money management is not being a blessing. Enabling someone to continue in their uh, poverty mindset, that's not a blessing. Yeah. Talk in the mic so we can. Thanks, girl. Uh, the Anakia, were you saying, because I was thinking of something, were you saying, can you repeat that, just that question real quick? sewing but you're your thinking's just not where it needs to be so so that's all I mean, I'm sorry yeah. uh, so like almost two years ago it was right around when we moved in this building I was uh, driving on Ranchwood in Yukon and I just left the gym and I was driving and I was kind of frustrated because um, I had lost a few big jobs like millions of dollars and so I was kind of mad and I was like man this sucks I was like, those were my jobs. And um, and I was like, man, I was like, I was thinking on seeds I had sown, even in particular all the way back to the Newcastle revival. And then I was like, what's the deal with, I was kind of talking to God. I was like, what's the deal with that? Like, that's bull crap. Like, you know, this is, I was starting to get mad, right? And then I was like, this is supposed to be mine. I claimed it. And then I was like, Lord, you said the wealth and all, you know, whatever is going through the whole thing. And I got a vision of these, like, things made out of gold that were, like, on a shelf. And they were on, like, a high shelf. And I'm like, man, is that my blessing? And um, I was thinking it. And I said it verbally. I go, Lord, is that my blessing? And he goes, yeah, those are your, that's your blessing. I'm like, well, what's the deal then? And uh, I was like, I started getting even madder because they were like, they were like these, like, it was weird, like these urns of gold, like these things of gold. And they looked on a real nice shelf, too, right? And it was several of them. And I'm like, well, that's my, I mean, what's the deal? What's the holdup? He was like, son, I can't give you, I can't give you these until you let go of what's in your hands. And I was like, and immediately he told me, he showed me what I was holding on to. And it was actually, uh, to give credit to Annie, it was actually right after that Paul, um, that dude, the, the book that, the book that, um, oh, bait of Satan, the bait of Satan. And he was like, I can't give you this until you let, he was like, he said, son, I can't give you this stuff until you let go of what's your hand. He was like, all them seeds you've sown, they're still there. He goes, I just can't give them all to you yet. And I was like, dang. And I was like, bleep and bleep, 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 bleep. And, uh, but, uh, so, so that was the point, but my question is because it leads into the question is I still I wrote I wrote them down because I still have them written down, but when are you going to do several sessions of qualifying for super? Yes, we, we that's what we are trying to get to. I, I've been tr I've been trying to get to that qualifying. I think I only got to one qualification was put God first, and then we never. That's all we've been talking about is putting God first. Uh, well, actually, you know it's. Uh, uh, n n no, it's uh, <laughs> it's being a tither and offering giver. But um, 
and there's there's there are several qualifications and so we are we're going we're going to get hardcore into it i promise i i don't know why it has taken so long i i do i, I do kind of know why because i think a, a lot of a lot of a lot of us know the principles but if we can get our mindset right and then position ourselves spiritually to respond to the Holy Ghost uh, and respond to the anointing that comes when that happens, I think that's what the Lord has been trying to do is get us up. Because, man, that anointing. Y'all, I mean, even in prayer on Wednesdays, I, I, get in, I get into prayer and I can feel that anointing. for. I can feel that favor of God, that favor of God that I have felt in those times when we have... When we have abounded, I'm not talking about a little bit. I'm talking about where God took us from the thousand flow to the hundred thousand flow. And I mean, I'm, I'm feeling like we could really, there could be many of us that if we really followed the Holy Ghost, we could enter into the million flow in this season. Honestly, I, no, no, no cap. So, but I, I'm going to say this to y'all about your harvest. None of your seed sown, no matter how long ago it was, is wasted. You still have a harvest in the field. The devil can't touch your harvest. All he can do is try to keep you from it. But he can't, he can't take your harvest. You got a harvest in the field. And some of us, because we have relatives that they served the Lord and they were a blessing and they were generous and they never got their harvest, we get theirs too. You know, a lot of people talk about generational curses, and nobody says nothing about generational blessing. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, generational blessings way better than generational curses. Way more powerful. Listen, generational blessing, way more powerful than generational curses. So we, if we can shift our, you know, our, our mindsets, and really is a, a thing that we have to do in our mind. We have to, we have to prepare ourselves in the spirit of our mind to, to be obedient and respond to the Spirit when we're prompted by the Spirit to move in a certain direction. So we will get, we will get to it. I know you, that's, that's Michael's way of saying, man, can you get on with it? <laughs> but no, I know. I'm just... But, uh, but, uh, Maybe because, like, maybe there isn't some of us in that mindset of, oh, yeah, supernatural increase, supernatural, it's all good as long as, we, you know, you got faith and you supernatural increase. But it's, that's cool for when you're barely getting learned on that. But down the road, you go through some things and it's a lot, uh, it gets more in, deep into that where, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a stream and it's always flowing. It's always flowing. And it never stops. And that is the flow of supernatural increase. And it never stops and it's always there. And if, you don't, if you're not in supernatural increase, it's not because it ain't flowing. It's right. because you're not positioning yourself to be Exactly. In. And so I see that. I, like, I know I see that stream in the spirit. And I know I'm not too far from it. But I know there are some things that are simply keeping me from getting in it. And once I get in it, it's like it's, it's all hands-on. You know what yep. I'm saying? So. Yep. That's that's why I asked because I think it would help a lot of us out and man qualify like I yeah. I thought you just claim it in faith and you claim it every day and you know now supernatural increase but you he had a really good teaching um, about 12 years ago that it was 10 simple steps in, super, in qualifying for supernatural increase and it ain't easy but there are simple steps and it's and it's 
pretty basic in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? But you put them to practice, man. I mean, it's, blow up. Yeah, it's it's over for real. Key, you had something else. <laughs> so, I guess I just had to ask that question because right after, right when you're answering it, the Lord showed me this huge field, and there's all these uh, these holes, and they have seeds in them, but the seeds are they haven't they haven't burst open yet, mm. but they're ready. Yes. And so it's like I don't know if anybody has seen when you plant something, <clears throat> you have to make a hole in the ground. And then, you know, there's soil around it and then you stick the seed in there, but the seed, you have to water it and you have to put the soil back over it so that it can grow. So what I see, what I saw was the seed, it's just there, but the water has to be added to it and yeah. it, and it'll sprout up. Yep. And so I don't know, I, th I think that's us aligning ourselves. Yes. The seeds are there and man, we just let the Holy Spirit, man. Okay. That's all. Amen. Yeah, Lord, Lord, he bringing the increase. All right, Don, you had a question. I got the mic. I got the mic. I got the mic. I got the mic. Go ahead, Don. I'm just joking. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, well, <clears throat> something you said a little bit ago uh, uh, about uh, living in the, the light that you have uh, sparked something in me, and that was that I'd heard stories of unbelievers who uh, yeah. were, were givers and were getting a blessing uh, because, uh, you know, the law of sowing and reaping works even, you know, even for unbelievers uh, because God is, is blessing them according to the light that they have. Yeah, that's a that's something that I don't think is talked about enough. You know, people walking in the light that they have. That you that's why people have to be careful when they come in a church like this, because you come in this church walking in the light that you had, and when you come to a word church and you start learning the word, then there then to whom much is given, much is required. Now you can't live the way you used to live and get away with it. Now all of a sudden you've got to live higher. You've got to live according to the word of God. And, um, and the Lord, he won't, you know, he won't, uh, uh, he don't, he don't want us to, um, he don't want us to get stagnant and be st stuck. He wants us to grow and to increase. So, uh, be careful about walking in the light that you have. Do your best to strive to walk in the light that you have. If you see something where you're a miss don't just be like well I can't talk around these people no change well if I change I'm not being true to myself you ain't got to be true to yourself you got to be true to the Lord you got to be true to his word uh, sometimes you have to crucify yourself to be what the Lord wants you to be amen now don't betray your own don't betray your own spirit but um you can certainly betray some of the nonsense that you've allowed to reside in your brain. Uh, that's that's what that's where most people are messed up is between their ears. Who, who Miss Rhonda? Miss Rhonda, and then Gil. This just brought something back to my remembrance when we were in New Carolina. She was messing around. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> When we were in Newcastle, and you gave me a word 
that said I had a field of abundance, and I've never for and that was like when was we in Newcastle? Man, that was when 2011, the church wasn't even, right? And and you just said it was a big field, and it anyway I forgot about that. But this lady came. And so she gave me some money. Now, I, this is my first time ever hearing that. I was like, <laughs> I was looking for that lady to give her back her money because I didn't understand it back then. Right, right. I didn't understand. And since I've been here, I mean, I've gotten revelation because sometimes I listen to Bill Winston and I wasn't always a tither. And I tithe and then something would come up and then I'd be like, well, you know, I got to pay that. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I just can't tithe. And I was listening to, and you have been preaching on it. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do about this, Lord? Well, he was preaching and he said, if you're not a tither and an offering giver, you're in fear. True. I was like, that's true. I mean, it just hit me that I was in fear, that I wasn't trusting God because he wants to take care of me. He wants to be able to pay my bills, but if I don't even tithe, I'm not even doing the basic. I'm not even trusting him to tithe my 10%. So that's when I started. I was like, wow, this is what passes, but I didn't get it. Right. I had to get revelation on tithing, giving that before I do anything else, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what his word says. And then he'll open up the windows of heaven. But I mean, Michael just brought that back to me about abundance. He wants us to walk in abundance, to live in abundance. I mean, prosperity belongs to us. Yes. It's ours. So I just want to say that. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, Gil. 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 Gil <laughs> you forgot about me already no i just need to get on the mic real quick um rachel it's my turn to hold the baby please <laughs> no i'm joking i really have a question i have a question um all right pastor, pastor so if i'm tr we're trying to trust in the lord have faith god's gonna make a way to financially increase us to natural debt, um, supernatural debt cancellation. But if I'm a person, it's hard for me because I'm a, a figure outer. I don't know if that's a word, but I, I need to figure things out. <clears throat> that's not trusting the Lord. I know that's not trusting the Lord. If you find a, sol a solution, not that I have, but if you find a solution, does that mean that it's the Lord, or does that mean that you're just still trying to find solutions and not trusting on the Lord? I'm stuck on that. Big right. Time. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes the, the things that the Lord does to bring us out are pra they're practical things, or, th or they're seemingly practical. Um, they weren't practical to us two weeks earlier, uh, or they didn't seem like it was something that was possible uh, two weeks before, but by revelation or through the Lord leading us, or just through us discovering uh, something. You know, one time, um, Annie and I, and we weren't going through a rough financial period or anything like that, but um, Annie was telling me, man, we got so much money going out and this and that. And I was like, well, let's look at it. You know, let's, let's look at what we got going out. Well, when we started looking at it, it was like, we're paying $500, $600 a month for cell phones. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, yeah, that's too much. 
$450, for cable? I was like, when did we start doing that? And so we just start going through some of these things. Well, you know what? Immediately, I was like, we cutting this cable off. Well, wait, we can give you, you know, we can give you all that you have now and give you a couple extra channels, $99 a month for the next year. Oh, okay. So I had to call you to get you to quit ripping me off. You know, why would I even want to stay with you? You know? Um, so anyway, but we, I begin to make phone calls, you know? And so all of a sudden we begin to drop all that stuff that started to come down. And um, I'm not sure that that was necessarily the leading of the Lord. If it was just, you know, uh, wisdom, you know, just wisdom. All I know is that uh, after we started doing that, um, because we were being more, um, better, better stewards with what we had, uh, you know, the Lord, that's something about that to God, uh, that you're, that you're, that you're being a good steward with what he gave you. And not again, not that, because some people are like, I'm being a good steward. I'm paying off all my debts and this and that. And, and they use it as an excuse to not do what God wants them to do. Um, we need to be obedient to the Lord first. You know, that's why the Bible says that we bring the first fruits of our increase to the Lord. I know that there are some of y'all sitting here that you're like, we can't afford to tithe. I'm going to tell you right now, every one of us started out in that. None of us could afford to tithe. Nobody can afford to tithe. When we started tithing, we couldn't afford to tithe. But we were like, God, we're going to do what you said. And you know what? If we got to disable something to get this done, because, you know, there's some people say, but I don't, have, I don't have any money. You got a cell phone? If you got a cell phone, you got money. You got, you got a satellite? You got cable or something like that? Well, if you got satellite or cable, you got, you got money. You go out to eat? Amen. You go out to restaurants to eat. Listen, you go out to restaurants to eat. You got something. You got something. You just have to choose what you're going to do with your something. And you can you can either take and you can do like like uh, uh, Miss Rhonda was saying. You know, tithing. We don't we don't teach and preach tithing because we need your dime out of every dollar. That's not why I do. Listen, maybe, maybe down the road they do that. I'm not going to say nobody does it because I think I've been to places where I felt like that they preached tithing because they needed to meet a budget and they needed to keep the lights on. And, and I'm, not I'm not necessarily sure there's anything wrong with that for them to hit it from that aspect because the Bible says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And so the purpose uh, uh, that the tithe should go for is that there's, that the house of God that we build the house of God, that we, yeah, that we, that we build the house, that we build the kingdom. Um, but I, for, from my perspective, I think what we ought to be really emphasizing to people is when we tithe, we're getting out of, our, we're, we're not, we're getting to, out of that place of relying upon ourselves, relying upon the museum of the Bible, the, the uh, state of Oklahoma, um, the military, uh, the city of Oklahoma City, PACOM, uh, Heartland, 
uh, General Motors. You know, Ted, yeah, Ted, Ted had to, boy, Ted had to, woo, Ted, you know, Ted, Ted knew the UAW uh, 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 handbook or, or laws like he knew the Bible. He would quote the UAW handbook like with verse and script. They would tell him stuff at work. He'd say, well, according to the uh, look, <laughs> The local 1999 UAW uh, bylaws, this is uh, section, uh, chapter three, section four, nine, seven. It says you can't do that. You got to, you better get somebody over here. I gotta, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm leaving right now. You better get somebody over here to do my, or I'll just shut off the line. You know? So, you know, Ted, uh, we got to know the Bible. He'd be filing grievances and uh, we, we got to know the Bible. And eventually, Ted got to the point where he wasn't really trusting General Motors. He was trusting the living God. And, and when he made that shift, listen, I watched, Ted, I watched Ted's tithes and his offerings go from pennies to thousands of dollars. Listen, there were times that Ted was sowing thousands of dollars a week. And he still looked like Jethro Bodine, but he was so in thousands. <laughs> yeah, right there, right there. Ted, Ted wasn't trying to be fancy. He was trying to follow the Lord. Amen. So, uh, um, listen, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of that here. We're, we're, we're preaching and teaching this because it's the word of God. And um, we believe it. And it works. It works in our lives. It can work in your... If it works in me, it can work in you. I think, too, because I'm a figure-outer. I, I like to see things on paper. So yeah, I, she's with you, Gil. I put things down, and I'm like, okay, well, this is what we have, and this is, you know... But I think that that is, that is also... For me, I kind of look at that as, okay, Lord, this is what we have. This is what it looks like on paper, but I'm trusting that just because it says this on paper doesn't mean that this is the way it's going to be. Yes. So, because I'm a figure-outer too. Yes, definitely. Let me, let me say this, because figuring out isn't always wrong, Gil. Um, the, the guy that gave us the last airplane that we had, the guy, remember the guy I talk about, guy that bought us an airplane? I was telling Michael and Twyla this the other day. Uh, we, we met with him. It was after they, after they had given... In fact, I think they were nearly, they, they, uh, he gave most of that money up front and then he gave uh, the rest of it over a period of time. Um, he wanted to give it over a period of time so that uh, they weren't out a lot of money because what happened was the minute he made the commitment to buy that airplane for us, uh, his company was hit with an OSHA violation. They were fined more than nearly double what they had sown for the airplane. The employee that reported them to OSHA then sued them, and they had to pay out a settlement to that employee that was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. They lost their contract with the state of Texas that they had had as a result of the OSHA violation, which was a large percentage, of, which it, was, it wasn't all of it, but it was a good percentage of, of uh, it wasn't a majority, but it was a good percentage of what their revenue was. Now, when I met this man, um, they, had, they hadn't heard the message of supernatural increase. So the first person they heard teach it was me. And so they went from making, you know, where they were, uh, made, they were already in the million flow. Uh, 
But uh, so they were making, you know, a couple million or whatever. And then after hearing the message and applying it to their lives, they went from a million in, in revenue to eight million. And then um, from eight million to 16 million. And so by the time they bought that airplane for us, he said, he said last year we did 16 million. He said this year, he said we're on target to do 28 million. He said, but I had to tell you, he said, I want to tell you this. Uh, the devil has, we need for you to agree with us because the devil, he hates us. And he said, we lost this contract with the state of Texas. But what, what I was going to tell you was when they lost the contract with the state of Texas, they were, uh, the Lord had told them to open up another plant. So right when they're about to open up another plant, now here's, here's, here's the deal. Everything that they had done to get to that 16 million, 28 million, everything they had done up to that point wasn't as much of a risk as the next step God wanted them to take. Um, where the Lord had taken him to was, and the Lord had done it, but what the Lord, where the Lord had taken him to was, you know, uh, he'd, he'd have him buy a piece of equipment. He'd have them invest more money to, to, to increase in, the, in, their, in their business. And so he would do it because he was like, well, you know, if it don't work out, I can sell that this piece of equipment, that piece of equipment will be okay. It doesn't jeopardize anything. But when the Lord told him to start another plant, he was like, but Lord, if we start another plant that don't work, not only do we lose that, but we lose this over here because we're putting everything on the line. So, I mean, they go to, they go to zero if this is, if this is and, all, and then that's when OSHA, lawsuit, the dropping of the contract, the giving of money for the giving of an airplane. He said, you know, he said, you know what the devil was telling me? I said, I know exactly what the, because that's how the devil is. The minute you get out there to do what God told you to do, devil's like, man, see, now you need it. It will, listen, it almost always happens. Because the devil wants you to get in fear. That's, you know what that is? That's Nebuchadnezzar saying, I'm going to heat it up seven times hotter and I'm going to kill you. That's what it is. But you know what? Seven times hotter ain't any hotter than. You know, yeah, fire is hot and you're going to burn no matter if it's seven times or you're going to burn anyhow. So, but if he says seven times, maybe he can get you to be afraid. So it's a fear tactic. So he said, just agree with he, Now, listen, he wasn't in fear. He looked me square in the eyes, Gil. I'm, I'm going to have that brother come. I'm going to call him and I'm going to have him and his wife come. He, he looked me square in the eyes and he said, he said, Brother Ziggy, he said, honestly, he said, I don't, I, we don't care nothing about the money. He said, I had 30 of my employees give their hearts to Jesus this year. He said, I had a lady get hurt. We went to the hospital. We went to pray for her. We took her an iPad. We were like, how are you doing? She says, what are y'all doing here? I mean, these, these, they are the big bosses. And they, millionaire, they're rolling in there and giving her an iPad. Said, we wanted you to have this iPad so that you wouldn't just be sitting here bored. I put some sermons on there for you about healing. And um, so you can listen to them. And, and, uh, and we uh, brought you some flowers. We brought you some snacks. I mean, they took her a bunch of stuff. And she's like, why are you doing this? Well, you're a part of the family. We love you. 
This woman gave her heart to the Lord and got divinely healed that day in that hospital. They're telling us these testimonies sitting there. It's on New Year's Eve at dinner time. They're telling us these testimonies and crying. And he's like, I don't need no more money. I don't need any more money. I don't need another dime. He said, I'm not doing this because of the money. He said, the only reason I'm doing this is because the Lord told me. If the Lord didn't tell me, I wouldn't be doing it. I said, bro, I said, I'm going to tell you something. Get ready. Because you're about to grow exponentially, exponentially. Because your heart is in. He went from supernatural increase, you know, all this stuff about thinking money was coming his way to where he understood that what that money put him in a position where he had influence to win people to Christ and he could be blessed to be a blessing. But now listen, when the when the state of Texas dropped their, they were on their way uh, back from that um, from the new plant of plans for the new plant. And um, this was several years ago. So um, 2017, maybe 2018. So they're coming back and they get the call. Hey, the state of Texas just dropped us. Immediately when she get, when his wife gets off the phone, she says, this is, this is the end of the year. This is in the fall. So she's like, we're gonna have to lay people off. I mean, if this, if this goes this way, we're gonna have to lay people off. Let's make a list. Who, who are we gonna do? Who are we gonna lay off? I mean, it's hard for them, but they're in the car right there making the list. And they're making the list not because they don't have faith. They're making the list because if it comes down to it and they have to lay people off, they're going to lay people off. But they're trusting the Lord. And you say, how can you trust the Lord and make plans to lay people off? Here's the deal. You believe that God is the God that he said he was, but you can't, you can't go into... If you're, especially if you're in business, you're not a good business person if you're not going through the practical aspects of it. You have to be able to separate the practical from the spiritual. You have to be able to do what is practical and still trust the Lord for a miracle. That's right. Abraham took Isaac up a mountain with everything necessary for a sacrifice. Was he, was, what, did he uh, give up his faith in God? No, he looked at them fellas before they walked up the mountain and said, we'll be back. But he went up there, he made an altar, he laid his son on it, he got everything together, he raised the knife. And it wasn't until that last moment. Now see, we think that's not faith. If you're, if you're not like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to trust you. And then you, you know, because uh, here's the thing. How's the Lord going to do it? Is he, is he going to do it by bringing this, boy, this, this, this bring me to Joe. You know, Joe, when, when Joe, uh, when we first met Joe, uh, he rededicated, he gave his heart to the Lord. Uh, the time we met him, got filled with the spirit. So Joe, um, got on fire for God, and he was like, man, I'm going to quit my job, go into the ministry. I'm going to leave the military, and I'm going into the ministry. Well, at that time, Pastor Ward was, um, was with us, and, you know, Pastor Ward, uh, he, he and I handle those situations very differently. So, Brother Ward was like, hey, you're young, you're single, go for it, you know, 
Whatever the Lord says, if that's what the Lord tells you, go for it. Um, you know, what do you got to lose except for, you know, a little bit of money? Uh, and, and here's the thing. You know, that's what Pastor Ward did. That's what I did. We were at Daddy's house when we did it. We weren't on our own, which made it different. See, to me, you, you have to look at the circumstances. And so, you know, when, I, when, when David came and told me, he said, hey, I'm just real concerned because Joe, he's really, he's saying he's going to leave his job. He feels like God told him to quit the military to go into the ministry. He says, it's just, it's not settling well in my spirit. He said, what do you think, uh, Brother Ziggy? I was like, this is before we started the church even. And I was like, eh. I said, yeah, I don't know. He said, can you, would you be willing to sit down and talk with him? And maybe, maybe the Lord will show you something. I was like, sure. So me and Joe got together over at the bookstore and we sat down and, and, um, I was like, Joe, tell me what you hear the Lord saying. He said, man, I just feel like God is telling me to, to just go for it, man. And, and I appreciated Joe's faith. You know, Joe, Joe man, he get, he get his faith out there. And, uh, but Brother Hagen one time rebuked me on national television in front of everybody, uh, telling me that I had uh, faith without wisdom. And I won't tell that story today, but anyway. Um, <laughs> I left that night with my tail tucked between my legs. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, when you get rebuked by the man internationally, live on television, you know, that's a different, yeah, that's a different kind of deal. But um, while, while Joe and I were talking, I got a picture, you know. I got a picture, and I, I said, Joe, let me, here, let me ask you this question, Joe. I said, say the Lord said this. Joe, you're going to fly, Joe, because I want you to fly. It is my will for you to fly and to fly high. I'm going to cause you to soar above your enemies and out of the range of the weapons of the enemy. You're going to fly. I said, and Joe, you're on, a, you're on the mountaintop. You're like, yes, Lord, I'm going to fly. And you run and you jump off that mountain and you jump off that cliff and you're like, "Woo! I'm about to fly. Praise God. Lord said, I'm going to fly. I said, and then you get halfway down and the Lord says, and I'm going to give you a plane so you can do it. I said, you, you jumped out there without, without really uh, getting all the information. And I said, it's already hard enough to do God's will when you're doing God's will. Doing his word when you're doing his will, when you're doing what he told you to do in that moment. I said, we make it even more difficult when we get out sometimes ahead of what his plan is we we complicate that. I said, so here's the ground rushing up at you. And the Lord just said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to give you an airplane. Now you're like, huh, well, will you save me, Lord? I mean, you? and thank God he does, you know, many times he does. But it's, it's uh, the way that the Holy Spirit leads. Um, we've got to follow. But at the, same, at the same time, if I'm sick in my body, um, if I'm sick in my body, my heart is palpitating, I, I take three steps and I pass out, I believe the Bible says that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Amen. Well, you know what? I, I, I want to receive a supernatural healing. But if it seems like I'm going to die, maybe I ought to go and, maybe I ought to go and, and take advantage of um, what we know that we can at least get a diagnosis from the medical you know, field. You know, Jesse Duplantis, these are the things they don't say much. Jesse Duplantis, he's having heart 
trouble. He's, he's feeling weird, weak. He feels like there's something going on. And, and so he's like, Lord, I'm just going to believe you for healing. Lord said, go to the doctor. You, you got heart trouble. And he's like, Lord, I believe I'm trusting you. I've trusted you for healing. The Lord said, boy, you better go to the doctor. Or you're going to die. So he goes to the doctor. I think he had a block. Where's the blockage at? Is Widowmaker or something? I'm you know? not sure. I just know they said if you didn't come, you were going to die. Yeah. If you hadn't come, you'd be dead. So he went, he went into and had surgery. You know, he got fixed. And all he can figure is that he couldn't have developed his faith to get to that. Or he just wasn't in that place where he needed to be for the Lord to do it in the way that he wanted God to do it. And or there was something else. You know, we're not God. And so we don't know. And so we have to trust, you know, we have to trust that um, when there's going to be a divine intervention of supernatural increase, and there's going to be this windfall of money. Yeah. Amen. I received that in the name of Jesus. Um, it, but if we come to that place where, you know, um, a contract gets dropped, this and that and the other. You know, I honestly, I do the same thing. I'm like, Annie's like, I'm going to retire. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? What are you, what are you, what are we going to, what are we going to do? How are we going to work this out? Well, you said, trust the Lord. I said, yeah, let's trust the Lord. But as we trust the Lord, I mean, are we going, are we going to have to get rid of your car? Are we going to have to, we going to have to go to a different car? Are we going to have to cut, you know, um, you're going to have to go some, you're going to have to go to, instead of going to nails, the most beautiful nail place, you're going to have to, you're going to have to go to the place that it says, you know, uh, you know, cold nail, where they only do one nail, you know, uh, you know, whatever. um, but, but see some now, now here's the thing. Here's what some people say, Lord, I'm not going to compromise my lifestyle. What did Paul say? I've learned how to be abased. And I've learned how to abound. Right. You know what? Sometimes the Lord calls you to abasedness. Sometimes he asks you to go to a place of abasedness. And you go there. And you, and you tighten your belt. And you do whatever he tells you to do. And you go in with an expectation that you're going to go through a lean time. Some people believe that lean times are ungodly. It's not necessarily true. Uh, we follow the Lord wherever he leads us. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes he leads us to the mountaintop and sometimes he leads us to the valley. Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. How do you like that? You know, um, so we've got to follow where he leads. And now we can have victory and we can have peace and we can have contentment no matter where it is that he leads us. Now, will he lead us to sickness? No, he's not going to lead you into sickness. That would go against his word. Um, will he lead us sometimes to a place that's difficult for our flesh? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Will God compromise your lifestyle to get you to do what he wants you to do? Yeah. If it means, if it means, uh, that he, his will is done, um, uh, not only in your life, but in the life of another Peter, can I give you another example? Peter, um, he had fished all night long, caught nothing. Jesus is on the shore the next day while they're cleaning their nets. Uh, Jesus says, uh, he don't even say nothing. He don't even ask Peter. He just jumps in Peter's boat and starts using Peter's boat. He says to Peter, hey, push away from the shore. Now he's got a, he fished all night long. If you fish all night long, and you don't catch nothing. You lost money. You lost money. So Peter's company was bleeding money that day. 
I? Jesus gets in his boat. To put his boat in the water is going to cost him money. So he goes out in the water with Jesus. Jesus doesn't even look at Peter and say, I'm going to bless you for this. Immediately, Jesus turns his attention to the people on the shore and starts preaching to them. Doesn't even address Peter's problem. Doesn't address his need. Doesn't address his concerns. Doesn't, you got you to gotta wonder what Peter was thinking that whole time that Jesus is here. You know what? When, when Jesus was preaching to them people, Peter wasn't on the side saying, boy, I sure could use some help. That's not what Peter was doing. Peter gave, oh, he's like, yeah, help me out here. Uh, Peter gave Jesus use of the vessel. And when Jesus got done using that vessel like he wanted to, when Jesus got done doing what he wanted to do, even though Peter is in, 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 uh, uh, losing money, even though Peter is in need, he's lacking. Eventually, because Peter was obedient and gave Jesus the use of his vessel, eventually Peter, Jesus turns to Peter and says, now launch out into the deep for a catch. Still not easy for Peter because now you've got a carpenter telling you how to fish. <laughs> so Peter had to be obedient. He said, now throw out your nets for a catch. And we know Peter... Let's go to Nikia. You know, what if our mind is wrong? When Peter responded, Peter responded to Jesus, and he didn't respond with what Jesus said. He said, we, we fished all night long. We didn't catch nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll throw out a net. Jesus told him, throw out nets. Peter threw out a net. But you know what? They hauled in a boat sinking load of fish. And God blessed him as much as he could with that net. Man, if he'd have thrown it, just think if he'd have thrown out four nets. Oh, listen, you know he was thinking, there's still time to throw in another one. You know what I'm saying? Because in a moment, and how much, how much you reckon? You know what? Peter, how much, if Peter had, if Peter had done it his way and he had fished that day and caught what he normally caught, how, how long would that have gotten him along? You know, who knows if it, if they'd had a good day, then maybe a week, maybe a couple of weeks. But when he did what Jesus said, <laughs> Woo, listen, man. The Bible's not clear about how long, how much the equivalent of that catch was. We do know this. It took other boats to help to haul it in. That one net. So what might have been a week-long provision could, turn it, could have turned into a year-long provision. They could have made in one day what they normally made in a year just in that moment. But... Um, you know, that's, 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 the that's the complexity of working this out. You, you can go ahead and think about it. You just have to be willing to do what God told you to do because you don't know, every, you don't know the whole plan. You know, okay, Gil, I need use of your vessel. 
oh, Jesus is getting in my boat. That must mean he's going to meet my need. No, nope, he don't even look at you. He's looking at, everybody. he's looking at everybody else. Healing people, blessing people, and you like, and you're, listen, we're all tempted. I need some of that. Listen, when you let him in your boat and you gave him charge, you got to trust him. And if you'll trust him, it may look like he's neglecting you, like he ain't paying you no attention. And you gotta, you've got to resist the temptation of being a snowflake and crying and acting like, oh, woe is you. Listen, I can take y'all to places where people are poor. And ain't none of y'all in here poor. Not one, I, not one of you. Are you kidding me? I can take you to where people are poor. You know, it's all relative. Well, I'll drag you into some place and they'll be calling you Richie Rich. Jess, you've seen some of them people, haven't you? No, no, ain't nobody poor in this nation. The poor people in this country are not poor. So we, we, we have got to follow the leading of the Spirit. So that's not necessarily wrong. So I told Annie, I'm like, Annie, um, are, th that's the question. What are you willing to do? Now, I, I believe God for supernatural increase. But what are you willing to do? If you're, if you're willing to, to go down that path and possibly go down that path and us have to cinch our belts, then let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. But if that's going to mess you up, get your heart right first. <laughs> get your mindset straight. They're right. I told you that the couple, they're writing down names of people. They, they have to, they said, they, they, she, this, this woman, she knows. She said, we're going, if, if, if this doesn't, if this don't, if the Lord don't swing this in a way that we come out on top, then we're going to have to lay off 15 people before Christmas at the worst time of the year. She looks in the rearview mirror. You know who's sitting in the back seat of their car? The guy who is responsible for maintaining the state, that contract with the state. His whole job is making sure that they're on top of the contract with the state of Texas. Now he don't even have a job. She says she looked in the mirror. She saw him back there and he was pale as a, he's pale as a ghost. He was thinking, I don't have a job. Because we don't have a contract with the state of Texas anymore. She looked him square in the eye and she said, don't you dare think it. We're not laying anybody off yet. We're just going through the processes we have to go through. But we are trusting the Lord. He has taken care of us this far. He's going to take care. You know what? They were sitting there. That was just a few months earlier. They were sitting there that night. She said, Brother Ziggy, we didn't lay anyone off. And we went past $28 million. You know what? Last time I talked to him and talked to him in depth, he said, hey, we started that plant. He said, we had to, we had to, we had to stop. We had to stop building. We had to, we had to stop. I was like, what happened? He goes, oh, no. He said, no, nothing. He said, we had to stop because we had to redo our plans. We had to double the size of the plant because we had already outgrown the plant before we were even done building it. He said, we are going to more than double our revenue 
in the first, in the, he said, the plan ain't even built. And we will more than double our revenue with that second plan. The second plan is going to do more business than our main plan is going to do. Last time I talked to him, he was looking for a new airplane. So this is, this is the way God moves. These, these folks are multiplied millionaires. But you know what? You know what his heart is still yet? He don't, listen, he, he's, he lives in a beautiful home. They, they, he drives, a, everybody in Texas has a pickup truck. So he drives a pickup truck. But uh, he lives on a grass strip. I mean, that he built his house. He, he built a grass strip. He built his house on that grass strip. He has him a hangar. He flies in and out of that place, always begging me to fly in there. Uh, he's got nerves of steel. I'm trying to build mine up to, to land on that strip. It's, it's fairly short. But, um, but uh, uh, he, he's a lover of Jesus. And more than anything, he just wants God to use him. And uh, I'm going to bring him here because he will, he will challenge the crud out of y'all. His wife, listen, they are faith people, but they don't think like, they don't think like most people think. They're, they're over there really sold out to the principles of the word of God. Do you know they paid off that airplane, but they've never quit sending me money. Every month I get money from them, thousands in the thousands. Sometimes it's a thousand, sometimes three thousand, sometimes it's whatever it is, I... I get money from them every month. He never stopped sending. But at this point, he's taken care. Uh, not only has he paid for that airplane, but now he's taking care of the maintenance, uh, most of the maintenance on the airplane. Um, it's amazing. Amen. Uh, but here, here's the deal. All of us have the potential to do that. Do y'all understand? Every one of us have the potential. What, what's holding us back? Fear. Because sometimes we won't do what we know. God's at the very minimum, a dime. I want a dime out of every one of your dollars. That's what God says. I want a dime out of every one. Some of us being robbed over a dime. Over a dime. You say, but I can't, I can't make it. No, listen, you can make it. You get, we all had to do it. Did anyone here, let me ask this. Did anyone here, when you started tithing, you could afford to tithe? Anybody? When you started tithing, did you have more month than you had money when you started tithing? All of us, right? We, we did. We had way more month than we had money. We couldn't even afford to pay attention when we started tithing. When we got done with our first month of tithing, we couldn't figure out how we did it and still had money in the bank. And the more we did it and kept up now, were there challenges? Oh, were there challenges? Were there ever times we were like, let's keep this, we, let's keep this tithing. Lord, he'll, he knows. Lord knows we love him. Yeah, he does. And he does understand. He loves us. He does understand what we're doing. He's not in agreement with it. <laughs> but he understands. I mean, you understand why your kids do stupid stuff, don't you? You're not in agreement with it. It's not like you're like, it's okay. You know, uh, lot, lot, lots of boys get girls pregnant at your age. It's all right. No. No, if, you're, if, you're, if your son, you know, I'm just trying to pull something out of the air. If your son ends up impregnating some girl as a teenager, it's a mistake. I'll never forget when I was a youth pastor. I knew I'd need to quit, but when I was a youth pastor, um, this a lady called me and she said, um, my son, was, he was sleeping with this girl in the youth group. And listen, I mean, they'd, they had had some kind of a, a sexual encounter or something. Uh, two kids in the youth group. 
And so she called me. She said, we need to meet. Uh, we, need to get, we need to get to the bottom of this. I'm like, I'm sure whatever needed to get to the bottom to is already, that's already done. I mean, it's already done. But, but I'm trying to be kind, you know, because here are my thoughts. Are they dead? Did they die? You know, I know, I mean, it's a serious, you know, for a parent, it can be a very serious infraction. But are they, you know, did anybody die? Uh, no, nobody died. And so we have to put it in a, the frame of reference where it belongs. Are y'all hearing me today? Sometimes we make a mountain. And I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that it's not important for our children to remain pure and all these things. Yes, let's teach that. Let's, let's. Uh, how do you say, let's, let's reinforce that. But when something like that happens, are we really that surprised? How far did you get before you made the mistake? You know, it, so <laughs> you got to keep it, you got to keep it in its proper perspective. So, but, you know, that didn't go over well with the parents when I said, yeah, but are they dead? Did they, did anybody die? That didn't go over well. That didn't go over well, but I, I did, try, I did try to get them to kind of put things in perspective and try to, you know, work through it. So, you know, mistakes, mistakes uh, be made, but, um, God is the fixer of all things. Amen. Anyhow, I don't remember the point I was trying to make, but praise God. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah, I do remember. I mean, that was what it was. It's just, can't be crying over spilled milk. You're going to make mistakes. You just got to move forward. God, God's able. You're, you're going to make it. Amen. You, you, I know you didn't pay your tithe, and God understands, but he's not, he's not condoning your baby. He's not like, it's okay, you didn't have to pay your tithe. That's not what he's doing. He's like, that's stupid. You shouldn't have done that. I love you anyway. Get back on course. Nobody died, but get back on course. Well, yes, amen. I'm gonna, we're going to quit with that. I know you may, may have another question. We'll, uh, we'll leave that for next time. And um, <laughs> Well, maybe one more question. One more question. Do we have one more? Yeah. No, Wait for the mic. <laughs> the mic is coming. Mic is coming. Mic is coming. <laughs> and I know who initiated because I hang out with them every week in the car. No, but um. Well. No, the Lord has been. My my. Has been moving for real and like he's been bringing a lot together for me um and this season I think a lot of stuff happened for me personally in 2020 that I didn't realize that the Lord took me back and showed me that things happened it just in my mind um through some of that that it wasn't obvious at the time but the effects and um and even whenever we were in Queen City and you had preached a message and you were talking about um or at least what the Lord was dealing with me about as you were preaching that. I don't know that it was the specific uh, point of what you were ministering, but 
had to do with risk, you know, and God um, showing up in that place of risk, you know, just like the guy where God's leading him to a place and it, it causes a big risk in his life um, to do it if God doesn't come through. And anyways, so he was dealing with me about that. And then um, Sunday, the Lord was just showing me all these things, just different areas, not even just financially, but different areas in my life. And um, just proclaiming over me what his will is and what his plan was and what he was going to do. And, and in a short amount of time and just really brought freedom and liberty. So Monday, um, I wake up and all these things are still stirring around in my spirit. And, um, he's been dealing with me for several months about authority and taking your authority and walking in the authority that we have, um, that Jesus died for us to have, you know, that he gave us and left us with and, um, on the earth. And so, that morning I was looking up and I haven't been watching anything, but I was like, man, I want to dig into this. It was just something that sparked in my spirit. And Miles Monroe talks about authority. And so I listened to something that he said, and it really gave me a great picture, not only in some of the other areas where I have depended on myself and had self-preservation, but um, financially too. And he gave the example of a big aircraft and how it's 600,000 pounds. And he asked a pilot how that aircraft came off the ground, you know, such a, a thing that had so much weight. And um, he gave the, he was like, you know, at 160 miles per hour, either the thing explodes or it lifts, you know, gravity lets go at a certain speed. And so he was talking about how he correlated that to operating in the laws and the principles of God is whenever, you know, gravity, the law of gravity has to let go when the law of lift engages. And so it was like the Lord and, and through even what Miles Monroe was saying was that, you know, he's called us to live in a place where the natural realm lets go and the supernatural takes over. And um, not only just in finances, but in every area of our life. And so I, it just really brought me to a place where I see that I feel like, like all these years have just been foundational and building a foundation. And the Lord gave me room to mature and it's like, you know, Sheree, you know, there's a lot of things you're not getting right. Um, but he let me go through that because it brought me to a place of there's a foundation, but now he can build it he can build what he wants to be built through my life. And, but there's still that letting go. And that's the difficult part whenever, you know, figuring it out, you know, yeah, it's not about to figure it out, but a lot of times when we're figuring it out, we're not following him, you know? And so it's just that, that dance that you have in that. But, um, but I do have a question. And the question is that, <laughs> that, that was a statement, but the question is that, Look, pastor's been preaching, don't expect <laughs> to get out of here at a certain time. So I don't know why we're even tripping, really. But anyways, so <laughs> the doors aren't locked like some churches in the city. So you can leave. But anyways, I, <laughs> yeah. my, 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 <laughs> but you know, when you talk about, I know one thing that hit me hard early on, but I don't think I really got the <laughs> gist of what you were saying when you said it, is that 
it, it sparked something and it hit me hard at the time. But now looking at it and just even some of the stuff that we talked about tonight, when you say that we're living in a harvest that we previously, previously sowed, but whenever it doesn't look that way, you know, um, how does that, or even, and not even, maybe it does look that way, but in correlation to what we've been talking about when we're saying like there's times of being a base, there's times of abounding and there's different times and seasons and through our walk with God, how does that correlate with those things? Well, I'll go with what you, you know, risk and stuff like that. We, uh, um, the Lord will talk to us about what he wants us to do prior to most of the time, prior to the time where we can do it. In other words, God will take you in a time that it may seem lean and here, like with Ted, he told Ted, give 14 grand in a time when he didn't have $14. Um, the Lord told him, I want you to give $14,000. And, and, and he was like, if you'll tithe on the 140000 the Lord said, not only will I bless you with 140000 but by the time I'm done, I will have blessed you with over $1.4 And that's already happened with Ted. So um, that, the Lord fulfilled that word. The Lord fulfilled that word already. The Lord fulfilled that word. So, but the Lord told him that, the Lord told him that when he didn't have 14 bucks. So what happened? Well, Lord told him, he got excited about supernaturally. He got excited about the word of God, excited about the blessing. And then the Lord said, I want you to give 14,000. Of course, Ted is like, yes, he didn't have it. Uh, when you don't have something, you're, you're willing to do it. Then the Lord supplied it. And so he was, he, then he was in a place of where he had to be not just willing, because he was willing to do it when he didn't have nothing. But the Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. We don't eat the good of the land when we're just willing. We don't eat the good of the land when we're just obedient. We're, we eat the good of the land when we're willing and obedient. And so um, I, I think, I think the, the, the heart of why sometimes most people don't, they're not abased because they chose abasedness. They chose to be obedient to God to go toward abasedness. Most people are based because of an attack of the enemy, because of natural circumstances, because of the economy. You know, they get in a place of abasedness because of conditions, not because of the Lord. And so being abased, um, before you can be abased, you first have to follow the leading of the spirit to the place, you know, where he, because he's going to lead you to abasedness. And so he will always, he will always lead you. He'll always give you a word that will send you wherever he wants you to go. And um, I think, uh, I, I, I do think that we sometimes put God second. You know, we, we take the vacation, we buy the house, we get the car, we upgrade our lifestyle before we're obedient to do what, what it was in our hearts to do. Y'all know what I mean? For example, say, uh, let's just say, um, uh, let's take the, let's take a, the airplane or uh, evangelism and, and what we do. Let's, let's take the airplane. Let's say, for example, someone said, 
Brian Turner bought us that airplane, and they, and they, in their heart, they said, man, I have it in my heart that the next airplane that you get, I'm going to buy that airplane. And then the Lord, you know, make things work. Now, here's the thing with Brian Turner. They bought the airplane, but then the moment they went to buy the airplane, they had a, an expectation that money would come. So he sends me probably around $50,000, you know, dollars. Um, within a, just a, about three weeks, he sends about $50,000. And then the rest comes over the following year. All right. So um, Brian, right after he commits to that, starts going through a, an attack. But Brian don't back off what God said. He's determined he's going to do what God told him to do, even if it means that the state of Texas has to wait. He made a commitment to God. And so he, 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 he plotted a course based on the word of God. So when you, when you do that, when you plot a course based on the word, that's what Ted did. You know, it, it was hard. L listen, I'm not going to lie to you. When God starts working with you this way, it's going to be hard because some of y'all ain't seen that kind of money. And the minute you see it, God's going to say, that ain't yours. And, you're and you know what you're going to be like? You're going to be like, that ain't fair. I've gone through all this unless God deserved this. No, you don't deserve. You deserve death. That's what you deserve. You forgot where you came from. None of us deserve this. None of us deserve this. We're all transgressors. According to the Bible, the transgressors, they're, they're, all they're worthy of is death. Spiritual death. Eternal separation from God. An eternity in hell. But by the grace of Jesus. We got all these people thinking God is a vicious God because he said, if you don't repent, you're going to hell. Well, God's, a, God's an uncaring, unkind, unloving God. He sent his son to die for you, to give you a way of escape, and his punishment is too hard? Are you serious? He gave it all so you wouldn't have to reap eternal damnation and his and his. The consequences of your disobedience is too harsh. He gave everything. And so that's, that, that gets back to what you're, you're talking about. And I know it's hard to see it if you, haven't, if you haven't been through it. But most of the reason why I think people end up in lack or in that place of, of uh, what they want to call abasedness, um, it's, it's more, it more has to do with that when God brought them to the place where they could be obedient and do what he told them to do, they found excuses and reasons not to be obedient. And so they keep, you keep butting up against that ceiling because you, you, there's still that fear, that fear of, man, what if I, and, and then you, and then you uh, reason it away. Well, you know, um, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a, someone I know that one time told me this, you know, this church has got to depend on more than just my tithe. I feel like I carry the weight of the financial burden of this church most of the time. I'm sowing so much. It's like, and, and that's, that's carnal thinking. Because what if, what if that was God's intent? What if the Lord, what if the Lord said, I'm going to use you to do this. And if nobody else does it, you're going to get it done. And I'm going to use you to get it done. What would be wrong with that? To me, that's honorable. To me, I would, I would, I'd be like, Lord, 
I, I humbly receive it. To, 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 do it, to do everything. If, that's what, if nobody else does it, I'll do it. I won't complain. I won't look at everybody else and say, well, these losers, you know, whatever. But, that, but that's what happens when we get in the flesh and we, lo we lose our focus on the word of God. What did God say? See, you've got to be hyper-focused on what the Lord tells you to be obedient to do what he tells you in, that, in, that, in finance in every area because when you are, that ensures that you're open to receive the blessing that comes along with that. That you, uh, you, that you end up where God wants you. And when we talk about the blessing, some people think I'm talking about material stuff. No, I'm talking about the blessing of being smack dab in the center of the will of God, anointed with the grease of the Spirit, so greasy that you're, you're, you're more slippery than a, than a greased pig at the, at the county fair. Uh, ain't, no, ain't no devil can even get a hold of you uh, for the anointing that is on your life. Uh, you're living in that place of victory. No matter what the circumstances are in your life, you're walking in his blessing. And we did that. We, we've done that. We've had that before. It was hard. Now I'm going to lie to you. There's nothing easy about it. If you get in the flesh, it's, you could die. What do you think? You think Pete, when, G, when Peter, when Jesus looked at Peter and said, launch out into the deep, well, you know what? People drown in the deep. Go ahead, man. It's more dangerous in the deep than it is in the shallow. Right. When he takes you out to the deep, that's where he takes you. You know why? Because that's where the big blessing is. The big blessing ain't on the shore. The big blessing's in the deep. And so if you think you're going to get the big blessing by not going to the deep, you can forget about that. If all you're going to do is hang out at the shore, that's not where the big fish are. The big, the big catch is in the deep. But that's also where you can drown. So you got to stay in the spirit. you got to trust the word of God. you got to, you got to uh, remain focused on what he said. The Lord will, listen, the Lord has told, the Lord has told all of y'all what he expects from you. In the, in the rough time when you didn't have nothing, when you didn't have two pennies to rub together, when you needed his help, when you was crying out to the Lord, I'll do anything. Whatever you tell me to do, God, I'll do it. I want you to tithe. Lord, I will. I will tithe. I, would, I will. I, would, I, want you to sow, I want you to be a superseder. Lord, I'll do it. I'll be a superseder. And then all of a sudden, he sends you money, and it's like, man, PlayStation 6 about to be released. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. Man, I can get them wheels on my truck now. Right? Right? Then we go to look into to, to our need. That's the one thing I, I appreciated about Ted. Ted needed a new car bad. When he gave that $14,000, not Ted needed a new car. His car was terrible. His wife needed a new, their cars were, they were living in a terrible part of town. Ted was, it was terrible. When he handed over that $14,000 in, in obedience to God, that, that was nothing. Ted needed that money. Ted's family needed that money. You want me to be honest with you? We didn't need the money. But it's where Ted, the Lord told Ted to sow it, was into our ministry. Oh, yeah. And we didn't need it. It was hard for us to receive it. 
It was hard for us to resist. Annie was almost getting rebellious about it. No, don't do it. It's going to be bad. People are going to talk about us. They already talk about us. I don't want anybody. Ted was obedient. He's still reaping the harvest on that seed. You're still reaping it, aren't you, Ted? Ted is still reaping a harvest on that seed that he sowed, and that was in 1990. And Ted's still getting the harvest on that seed, so today. Yeah, there is a point where the world lets go and you and heaven takes over. That's what the anointing is like. Some of y'all ever been to that iFly place? You ever been there? That indoor skydiving? If you ever get a chance, you ought to try it one time. And I've never done it, but uh, I feel the feeling every time I lift off of my airplane. There's a, there's a point where the velocity of the wind underneath your body, uh, where gravity turns loose, where what has held you to the ground, and literally you can feel it turn loose. You, you can feel when gravity turns loose. It turns loose and all of a sudden you're not restricted no more. I mean, you're just, and it can be out of control, you know, but you're not being held by the grips of a law, the law of gravity. It's a good analogy. Miles Monroe's real good at drawing those analogies with different laws. <clears throat> yep. And there's no, there's no limit. If you ever, if you ever get there, and I'm, I'm just saying this, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I'm something special because we, if you ever get to that place, there's absolutely no limit. There's no limit. I mean, you know it too. You literally know that there are no limits on what God can do for you in any way, shape, or form. And the grace and the glory of God abound in your life. But it's, uh, if it was easy to, to, to get off of that, you know, to, to get those things to turn, everybody would do it. The thing is that you've got to be committed to it. You have to qualify. So anyhow, well, glory to God. Anybody receive anything here today? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, listen, don't leave here feeling bad. You're where you're at. That's the thing. And you can, you can get down the road farther. Um, this is a lifestyle. This is not a... Uh, uh, this is not an event. Supernatural increase is not an event. It's a lifestyle. It's something you have to choose to live. And we're still trying to figure out some stuff, and, um, and the Lord's helping us. So anyhow, uh, I'll be praying for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to pray for y'all and for the Lord to uh, continue to help you in your, uh, in your journey, uh, financial journey, and your walk with Him and fulfilling uh, God's purpose in your life. And um, keep your questions. We'll... we'll have, you'll have another, another opportunity next week. We can, uh, maybe I'll get to teach something next week. We'll talk about qualifying some more. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've said and what you've done. Lord, continue to bless your people. Continue to anoint us, God, with your spirit. We're so grateful, Lord, for uh, the privilege that we have to sit at your feet, to hear, God, what you have to say. Lord, through all the, those that shared today, uh, you said something to us. So, Lord, we receive it in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, uh, for uh, being more than enough. You are more than enough. Amen. And, Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.